You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at kingswisbeach.org.uk. Jesus, we turn our hearts and our minds toward you this morning. Lord, we ask that you challenge us. Holy Spirit, move us. Meet with us. Fill me as I speak. Amen. So, <laughs> the quietest part of a Sunday morning <laughs> is the next 25 minutes where everyone sits quietly and politely. It's very British. Goodness. Well, I just want to... Um, encourage you today. I, I feel a stirring in my spirit, so I might be doing things a little bit differently this morning. If you feel that you want to respond, I want to encourage you to respond whilst, whilst I'm preaching. You know, it's great to be challenged intellectually, but that's not just what a sermon is. It's not just to, to tickle your intellect. It's to challenge us. To move us on. To move us into relationship. To, to move this, our lives so that they line up with Jesus a bit more. So if you want to respond in any way today, please feel free and able to do so. We're looking at the Beatitudes. We're looking at the section in the Bible, which is the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. You can also find reference to it in Luke, but I'm looking at Matthew chapter 5 today. We've been going through each of these Beatitudes. Jesus is on the side of a mountain. He is preaching to the crowd that have gathered to hear him. And he starts off by saying, blessed. Blessed are certain people when they do something or, or they experience something, whatever it may be. And he goes through this list of blessings. And these blessings do not line up with the way that the world sees blessing or success or happiness or fulfillment. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, how is that a blessing, we may ask? Well, we've had that sermon preached to us already. Today, I'm on the fourth of these blessing statements. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Mm. Jesus was speaking to a big crowd. I've already said that bit. <laughs> Sorry. If we look at the Beatitudes, they appear to be separated into two sections. We have the first four followed by the second four. 
And I say two sections because it seems each of these sections finishes with a reference to righteousness. This is the first of these. Four verses time, four sermons time, we're going to be encountering righteousness again. And especially in these first four, it's as if one of these Beatitudes leads to the next and leads to the next and leads on to the next. The journey begins with us being poor in spirit, where we acknowledge our need for Jesus. We see that without him in our lives, we are poor and lacking. Then you see this moves us to mourning. Blessed are those who mourn. It moves us to mourning for the sinfulness in our lives. A deep sorrow that leads and directs us towards Jesus as being the self to comfort us in our distress as we mourn our sinful state that will remain so without him being present. And this leads us to repentance. That song we were singing, God lifts us up. He turns us around. Repentance is turning around, going a different way. And he gives us a sense of dependence upon him. We can't do it without you, Jesus. We need you. Then we see the need for us to be meek. Blessed are the meek, which is to have strength under control. It's about a humility and a dependence upon God's mercy, an acknowledgement that we need self-control to enable us to live the way that Jesus wants us to live. We need to surrender our will and align it to his will in order to live life his way. And this all leads to today's verse. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Some translations say they shall be satisfied. One thing I find useful when trying to understand what a particular Bible passage is saying is to have a look at different translations. So the Bible wasn't originally written in English. Okay, it was written in Hebrew and Greek. And the, the books we look at today have been translated from those original languages into English. But... There's a lot of cultural and historical context as well as linguistic nuance that can be lost in translation. For example, Greek, I knew it had a few, but looking this up for this, actually has seven, seven different words to describe different kinds or types of love. Seven. Words such as agape, or eros, philia, pragma, and so on. And they refer to different types 
of love, such as a familial love, a love between family members. It speaks of bonds of love between close friends. There's also a, a romantic or a sexual love, and so on. Different words describing this thing called love. But the problem is, in English, all of these words translate to one, love. And one word trying to convey the meaning that's packed into seven different words. So it can be helpful to see how other translators of the Bible have dealt with the text and which English equivalent words they've chosen to use to help us to try and get a bit fuller understanding of what's trying to be conveyed here. So, the one we've been looking at so far is from the NIV. That's the one we tend to use a lot. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. The Amplified Bible tries to expand things a bit, and it says this. It says, blessed, or joyful, nourished by God's goodness, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who actively seek right standing with God, for they will be completely satisfied. The easy read version says this. Great blessings belong to those who want to do right more than anything else. God will fully satisfy them. Those that want to do right more than anything else. The good news says happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. God will satisfy them fully. And of course, if we're comparing translations, the, the, the message is, is quite an interesting one to look at as well sometimes. And it says, you're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He is food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. I just want to take a few moments, think back in our lives. Have we ever been really hungry or really thirsty? Some of you might have fasted before. You might have experienced that, that lack of food. I'm not just talking about, oh, my tummy's grumbling a bit. I might need to go and grab an apple or something like that. Talk about real deep hunger or thirst. How many of you have noticed the donuts this morning here at the front? Actually, you, you've been thinking more about these and not really listening to what I've been saying at all. Because your eyes are on those donuts. And you're thinking, hmm, counting them. How, how many of us are in the room and how many donuts are in there? And will I, will I get one of them later or not? Now imagine if you haven't eaten for days. How would you feel about the donuts now? Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness are blessed. It's a, 
It's a visceral longing, a deep and burning desire and passion for righteousness. So what is righteousness? Righteousness means a right relationship between two people, to do right by someone. An act of righteousness is something done that helps to maintain a good relationship. God is righteous. He acts rightly and justly. He doesn't lie or cheat or deceive. He's full of truth and love. And we are called to live in the same way. We are to actively seek and desire to live right with God. We need to live right with God. And then he promises he will satisfy that longing. You see, these beatitudes that come before have led us to this point. We're sinful. Sinfulness causes great sorrow. Sorrow moves to repentance. We realize we can't be free from sin without God's help. So we start to hunger and thirst for this righteousness, for a restored and right relationship with God. This relationship that is free from sin, where we are forgiven and our deep longing to live right with God is satisfied as he forgives and frees us through the power and cleansing blood of Jesus that washes away our sin. So on one level, this is the first level, one level, this deep hunger and thirst is for those who have not yet met Jesus or not have fully given their lives to him and decided to live life his way and not their own way. That's one level. But it also applies to us who are Christians, who have decided to follow Jesus. You know, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you won't get things wrong. You won't mess up. It happens. But our hunger for God should lead us to repentance, should bring us back to him again. I've, I've messed up. I'm sorry. Here I am. Help me. And also, on another level, this, this righteousness, or sometimes it's translated as, as justice, where we seek to do things God's way. And because we're seeking to do things God's way, from within that, from, from having, oh, oh, Jesus, may you give us a heart after your heart. Break our hearts with what breaks yours, Lord. And as we start crying out to him, give us your heart. May what breaks your heart break our hearts. 
May what gives joy to your heart give joy to us. As we start living that way, you know what? We will start to live rightly. We will start to act justly. When I was young, I think my wife's told me that I'm past middle age now. <laughs> Thanks. So I think I'm allowed to say when I was young. Um, when I was a teenager growing up in Zimbabwe, once a year there was a youth camp and teenagers from all around the country would gather um, at a place called Mazvika Day up in the northeast of the country. And it was called Youth Encounter. And it was nothing special, not in any worldly sense. We would meet under a grass-thatched roof meeting hall next to a reservoir of water in the African bush. Yeah, we would play volleyball and, and have games and things. Be lots of church stuff, Bible studies. Have a great time for a week. But wow, the presence of God in that place. Sometimes the atmosphere was so thick with the presence of God. The evening meeting would have concluded two hours ago and you'd still just be stood there. Just soaking in the presence of his spirit. And I believe what made the difference is that, yes, we came to meet our friends. Yes, we came to have a fun time. But we came hungry and thirsty. We came desperate for an encounter with the living God. And because we came hungry and thirsty for God, we were satisfied. So are we hungry for righteousness? Are we hungry for God? Do the things of God excite us? Or do we come to church on a Sunday because there's nothing better to do? Because nothing very good is on telly on a Sunday morning. Do we come to church while well, we're on the road? So I suppose we'd better go this week. Or maybe because our parents have made us come. Are we thirsty for more of his presence? Where our awareness of Jesus at work in our lives is heightened where we sense the presence of the Holy Spirit with us where is our hunger where is our thirst you know sometimes we can stop being hungry we think oh well you know, this is how it is. This is how it's always been. Yeah. 
Okay. I'll go to church because I, I love God, but, you know, nothing's, nothing's going to change. Wisbeach is Wisbeach. It's just going to forever be this way. This problem in my life, well, it's always been a problem. It's always going to be like this. Where's our hunger, church? Where's our thirst for God to show up? For the Spirit to move in our lives? For the challenge to change? Not just us, but our community, our town, our nation. We need to be hungry for Jesus and thirsty to be walking with his spirit because only then will we be satisfied. Some of us are hungry. There is a hunger, but we're trying to fill it with other stuff. We have this feeling inside that there's got to be more than this. But we go searching for it in all sorts of weird places. God is the one who will satisfy your hunger and thirst. You won't find that satisfaction, that fulfillment anywhere else apart from him. Come to God. That's where your satisfaction will be found. Because you see, there's a third level to this hunger and thirsting for righteousness. Because once we've hungered, once we've been thirsty for Jesus, and that's brought us to God, we continue to hunger and thirst for him to move in our lives. But guess what? That then opens our eyes to those around us, to our community around us. And we start to hunger and thirst, not just for our righteousness, but for theirs. We start to pray for our friends, for our neighbors, for our community, for our nation. Come, Lord Jesus. They will only be satisfied by you. And our hunger and our thirst drives us to our knees in intercession. It pushes us outside of our doors in evangelism. Because we're not just hungering for our righteousness with God, but for other people as well. And this hunger and thirst, I believe, should be something that as Christians, yes, God satisfies, but the ultimate satisfaction only comes at the very end. We should constantly, we should continually 
hunger and thirst for God now. Because that ultimate satisfaction hasn't yet come. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that satisfaction in the new heavens and the new earth. Where there is no death, where there is no hunger, where there is no thirst, where there is no pain. Where we are living with God forever. There we will be ultimately and truly satisfied. And we haven't got there yet. So I want to stir up our hunger and our thirst for God. If the donuts haven't done it for you this morning, I hope some, some of what I've said has. Let's just pray. I'm going to pray to conclude. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He is food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. If you're feeling hungry or thirsty for God, I invite you just to stand where you are. If you're not feeling hungry or thirsty for God, I want you to stand so that we can pray and say, God, fill us with a hunger and a thirst for you. We're going to pray. Don't let whatever, you know, doesn't matter what, what the person next to you thinks. It's about what God thinks. Am I hungry for God? Am I thirsty for God? God, it's you that matters. It's you we want. Oh, Jesus. Ignite a hunger in us, Father. A thirst. For the things of you. Holy Spirit come and work in us. A deep work. Ignite a hunger Lord. Lord and I pray for satisfaction. That we will find satisfaction in you. Holy Spirit, may we hear you. May we sense you. May we follow you. We ask you to fill us because we're hungry. We ask you to fill us because we're thirsty. We can't do it without you, Lord. Oh, we need you. And Lord, may this hunger and this thirst, this Desire not just be for us, but help us also to hunger and thirst for those around us that they may know you, that they may be satisfied by you, that their relationship will be right with you as well.
And Lord, if we've messed up, if we've done things wrong, we need right relationship with you again. Forgive us. We want to walk right with you. We want to be right with you.